in five, six, seven, eight. Cut. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the queue, where we got all your questions, quirks, and Q-tips about life. I'm your host, Key, and thank you for joining me on today's podcast adventure. Now let's gear up. Alright, people. It is episode one of the Q podcast. Um, and so we're just going to jump right in. And So the name of the podcast is Self the Q. Um, it was a suggestion that I had had from a friend from college. And shout out to Cassie if she's listening. And I had put a poll on my Instagram with a couple choices. I think the original choice that I had for the podcast was called What You Know About This. And there was another choice. I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But there was What You Know About This, that other choice. And then I had just like a blank um, inbox type thing for people to just spout off ideas. And the cue was given to me by Cassie. And, you know, she's a great artist she's a great writer um she's a beautiful soul she's like she's a wonderful person and like the more I thought about it I was like yeah like I'm definitely gonna call my podcast the cue because like it's gonna be mostly about me in addition to other topics and I'm gonna be hosting so you know why not um and I've always wanted someone to call me Q or to be called Q in some form or fashion uh, when I was younger, because, so my name is Kiana, and everybody usually just called me Kiki when I was really young, um, and as I got older, they kind of just shortened it down to Key. Uh, I don't even remember who started that, like how it became Key from Kiki, but it did, and it, it's, you know, it's stuck over the years. Um, and, and so now, you know, I get to kind of rebrand myself, so to speak, if, if you want to call it that, uh, while I am while I am doing this podcast and so you know that's where the name came from um what you know about this will still be used uh, as kind of like a segment thing um and and I'll talk more about that later in the next episode and so you know stick around and, and, and see if you like it if you like it great tell your friends um, leave me some voice messages about like how I can improve on the podcast what you want to hear drop comments um, drop topics you want me to talk about, that sort of thing, and, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll take this journey together, we'll, we'll ride this out, you know, as they say, we'll ride this wave until, uh, until no one wants to ride it anymore, really, um, so a little bit more, a little bit more about me as a person, um, so I've got some, I've got 10 fun facts here, um, about myself, um, I, I had to think long and hard about this because I don't typically like talking about myself all that much, but I was like, all right, if I'm doing a podcast, like, you know, the, the audience is going to have to know a little something about me, right? Um, and, and so here we are, you know, and I have these 10 facts and, and I don't even know if, if they're like facts that anyone's going to care about, but like, hey, you know, it's, it's, it's facts about me. They're, they're, they're what make up who I am as a person and, and I'm going to share those with you guys. Um, and so the first one that I have down here is that I'm short. And, and I know a lot of people say that. Like, they say they're short, but, like, they're, nor- they're really, like, average height. I'm short. Like, I'm 4'10". Um, I literally just went to the doctor not too long ago and, like, had it confirmed. Like, I'm short. And people people say that to me all the time. They 
they look at pictures of me and they look at pictures of me like next to people and they're like oh you look short but like you know everybody looks different in person like no really I'm short like that is probably the most predictable reaction that I get when I meet people for the first time if they've only ever seen me in pictures like the very first thing they say to me is oh you weren't kidding you really are short and I'm like yes why would I like why would I make that up um and the thing is I don't typically take pictures with other people um I usually take pictures by myself and so people I guess people have the misconception that I'm actually taller because I'm never I'm never standing next to anybody in most of my pictures as like a reference which is weird to me because it's not like I'm taking the pictures from like a lower angle to make it seem like I'm taller like I don't have time for that. Like, I don't, I don't have time to pretend to be somebody that I'm not. And so it's just like, I, I told you I was short. My pictures are clear that I'm short. Like, I don't know what you were missing or how or why or, or anything like that. But so, yes, I am legitimately four foot, 10 inches tall. Um, most like middle schoolers are probably taller than me at this point, And if it's just something I've accepted. Um, I don't, um, I do not wish I was taller. Like I don't want to, you know, knock anybody's height, but like, I so appreciate the fact that I never have to bend down, um, like walking through doorways, going into like certain places, like I don't have to do that awkward. Like, let me tilt my head a bit so that I don't crack myself on the skull. Um, it is kind of a bummer, you know, when I, when I do want something from like a high shelf or whatever, but I mean, that's what step ladders are for. And like, before I got really into using the step ladder, like I would just hop up on the counter if it was like something in the kitchen. Um, so like, you know, you, you learn ways to adapt and, and make it work. And like you, you do, you know, you do you, you do what works for you. Um, next here we and people are gonna like probably ride me about this because I know a lot of people say this too but they don't really understand what it means um so I'm an old soul um and and when I say I'm an old soul I'm literally an old soul like I'm 27 years young but like literally deep down in my soul I'm probably like 65 um I literally do not have the persona of what a what a typical 27 year old may have um I'm a homebody like I really don't like going anywhere um I will you know sit in my house sleep eat watch tv maybe play a couple like card games um or do some reading like I literally I'm not the party type, I'm not the club type, like, I'm not, you know, gassing to be out with my friends, although that's only because they live so freaking far, like, each one of my friends lives about two hours or more in any direction from me right now, so, like, if I had the opportunity to be with my friends more, I kind of totally would, but even then, it wouldn't be, like, a us going to the bar type of situation like we literally would just be hanging out with each other like old times um so yeah but I'm an old soul my favorite movie um is The Temptations and I've seen it a million times probably 
maybe even more. Like, I know the movie, like, the back of my hand. Um, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's about a great time in, in music. Um, you, you know, Motown was legendary. And so, like, just the, the sentiment that that brings about is, is very, um, has always touched me for some reason. Like, I don't, I mean, there's been plenty of groups that, that have gone through Motown. Um, but for some reason, The Temptations has always been one that no matter where I am, like, if I hear their music, like, I know it instantly. Like, it's just, I mean, and, and I'm sure the movie, like, probably helped with that. And, of course, the movie doesn't tell, like, the full, like, actual true story. But it's true enough for me, that I got to experience a piece of history, um, and, and to be a part of that in some way, and, and to have it be, you know, on my list of favorites for forever, you know, um, as Chris Rock would put it, The Temptations is definitely in my top five, like, movie-wise, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if, if you've never heard The Temptations, please YouTube them, um, you know, and, and I'm sure everyone's heard heard them at least once. Like everybody knows the song "My Girl," um, and if you don't, I suggest you go YouTube it because, like, it's it's just a, it's a great song by a great group, and you know, if you go down that rabbit hole of like listening to a whole bunch of '70s and '80s music from like Motown, like, do it. You know, you will you will thank me, um, and even if you don't thank me and you hate it, like you've now just stepped out of your comfort zone for a sec, you know, and you've, you've made the attempt to expand your horizons, and good on you for being open-minded. Um, and, and what makes this so funny is that I just realized I put these two things next to each other and didn't even realize how opposite they were, and so as much of an old soul as I am, I'm also the biggest kid at heart ever. Like, I am still the person, like, if you told me today, because today is Saturday, August 1st, if you told me today that I could wake up, watch Yu-Gi-Oh, and have Eggos or Pop-Tarts, I'd be doing it. I would be doing it, because that's what you do on Saturday mornings, like, that was my childhood. You got up on Saturday, purposely at, like, 6, 7 a.m. to watch the morning cartoon lineup, um, you know, and you would always be upset if you woke up late and missed all the morning cartoons, because, because then how do you start your day as a kid, um, you know, and so I'm, I'm such a kid at heart, um, I really like to keep that lively feeling going, um, I love to be around little kids, because, like, little kids in their imagination, they're just, it's so open, like, it's so limitless, and they're like, oh, let's pretend we're dinosaurs, or something like that, and you're like, stay this way, like, forever, like, don't get tainted and jaded by, like, the horrible things of the world, um, you know, keep that kid energy, and I definitely try to do that within my life, I definitely try to keep my, um, my inner child alive in various ways, um, and so going off cartoons, like, we're, we're just going to talk about it. Like, I'm into anime. Yes, black girls can be geeks, too. Um, I am black. Like, that's the next thing on the list uh, since we're going there. But, yeah, anime is a thing for everybody. It's not just a thing for white people. Um, if some of you thought it was just a thing for white people, it's not. Or Japanese people. Like, 
or just Asian people in general, um, it's definitely a thing for everybody. Like, if you've ever been to a Comic-Con, which I have not, but if you've ever been to a Comic-Con, there's people from all walks of life. Um, and so, you know, let's, let's get out of this idea that, that black people or black kids can't be into certain things. Cause I, I know I was definitely told a few times when I was younger that, oh, well, you're a girl, so you can't like this. And like, on top of that, like, you're a black girl, so you definitely can't like this. And it's like, nah, bitch, like, I'll watch a whole, like, four scenes of Yu-Gi-Oh straight through, like, and, and people hate on Yu-Gi-Oh, so, like, maybe that's a bad example, but it, I like it, so, you know, I watch it, and, I, and I've watched multiple animes, like, since then. Um, most recently, like, My Hero Academia has been, like, my favorite one. I'm waiting for season four. If anybody has any information, please drop me a voice message about it, or, like, go to my Instagram, leave me a message um, about when that might be coming out because I need answers. Um, like, I need answers. So I, I, I need to know if, um, I, I need to know if Todoroki's dad is like actually redeeming himself right now. And so if anybody has the answer to that question, like, please find a way to, to, to get that answer to me. Um, I've watched most of Bleach, and, and if you know anything about Bleach, you know I say most of it, because there are literally entire seasons, seasons, people, that are just filler. Like, you literally don't even need to watch them. There's a whole website dedicated to, to, to filtering out which seasons and episodes are filler so that you can skip them. Like, Bleach is notorious for filler, and I just, I don't even understand why like why would you make an entire season that I really don't need to watch like were you why like I don't understand but but that's bleach you know and and in the beginning bleach was like really good but really like hard to get into at least for me but once you get into it you're like oh, okay okay I'm rooting for Ichigo like and so now um like I just recently finished um a show called Ruby uh, which my boyfriend is into, and it was actually really good. Like, in the beginning, I was like, wait, what do you have me watching? And I think I think it's just the way that pilot episodes are set up. Like, any pilot episode of any show is always the weirdest one because, like, they put all these pre-planned things into place, and then after that first episode, they do, like, the focus groups or whatever they do to, like, see how well the show's going to go like if they have like the first season like planned out like usually after those first like one or two episodes they do like this focus group thing where they're like okay let's see what's working let's see what isn't and usually if you're paying attention you can tell that after that first episode almost everything is different like almost everything is different I don't even remember what show I was watching but like the pilot episode all the furniture in the house was different than the second episode. And I was like, how quickly did they find out that this furniture or the drapes or what the, the outfits the characters were wearing like did not work for the audience that they decided to change it all by the second episode? Like, like it was some quick turnaround time. Um, and and I, haven't, I haven't tested it with other shows, but I'm sure... If someone wants to be that person 
and just go watch the first two episodes of any show that they like, they'll see that they're very drastically different. Now, maybe animated shows might be might be harder to do that with, but like even with Ruby, like the very first episode, like, and of course you got to remember, like pilot episodes are usually like really low budget unless it's like a national um like channel provider or something because it like it's a new show you know and and you don't know if it's going to get picked up or or stick around a lot and so like the first episode of Ruby <laughs> they couldn't animate like extras and like everybody else and so they only really animated like the main characters and so everybody else just kind of looks like these black like shadow people um and then the second I believe, like, by the second or third episode, I guess they had gotten, like, more funds or whatever, and so they were able to animate, like, everyone else and to actually make it look like there were people that that, that the main characters were actually talking to and not just these shadow, um, these shadow bodies. And so it's really interesting to watch a development of a show kind of take off, you know, from its, from its beginnings. Um... But yeah, if you if you've never seen Ruby, like go on YouTube. Um, it's run by a company called Rooster Teeth. Um, they're based out of Austin, Texas. Um, you know, so go check out their and they have the the first four volumes. I have to say that correctly because my boyfriend would kill me if he knew I was calling them seasons. He hates that. They're volumes. Um, I believe it's the first five volumes they have on YouTube uh, in like a complete like set where you can kind of just watch it through like a movie um so if anybody's interested in that go check that out um it's a really great series and there's like as you get more into it like it's one of those things where you got to start paying attention because they kind of set up a lot of stuff and then you you kind of get uh rerouted to <laughs> to a different story plot line but like you do eventually come back to what you originally had questions about um, and, and that show is, you know, if we're going to contrast it to a show like Bleach that has a lot of filler, that show actually does really good and it doesn't have a lot of filler at all, which I was really surprised by. Um, and there's, even when you think, oh, this is going to be irrelevant, it's not. Like, it's still relevant to the story. It just may not be, like, super important to whatever's going on at the moment, but it definitely does come back up. And so you do have to, remember that it's there or you might have to like stop later on in the season excuse me volume and kind of remember like oh yeah that that's that was from you know episode like four and we're on episode like eight now um but yeah it's a really good series um you should go check it out if you have nothing to do which I assume um you know if you haven't been working this whole time during quarantine and and you want new shows to watch like Ruby is definitely a good one to check out and season eight excuse me volume eight is supposed to be coming out uh hopefully by the end of this year we we are hopeful (laughs) we are waiting um because Rooster Teeth does like an annual con um type thing and usually they, like, release new information about the new volume um, at the con. And so because of quarantine, the con was uh, the con was canceled and, like, they're having a virtual, uh, a virtual con instead. And so hopefully 
Um, I think that's supposed to be around like October. And so hopefully they're going to release new information about volume eight um, as they need to, because I have questions. Um, like with all of my shows, I have questions that need answers. Um, and so, yeah, go, you know, go check it out. Give it a try. Uh, let me know what you think if you like it. Um, if you don't, that's fine, you know, to each his own. And, um, yeah, and, you know, and that's that. So, yeah, so as I said before, I am black. I don't know why that's, why that needed to be a fact. Like, I don't know why you guys needed to know that because you can't see me. Like, <laughs> you're just listening to my voice. Um, but... To me, it's important, you know, because it's part of my identity. It's who I am. Um, I'm never going to be able to uncouple that fact that, you know, I, I can say I'm just a woman or, um, you know, I can say I'm just my profession, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, but, like, I'm always going to be black. Like, that isn't even something that I feel like I have to identify um, at this point in my life. Because clearly, like, if you've ever met me in person, you can clearly see that I am black. Um, and that's a whole other discussion in and of itself about, you know, uh, stereotyping and, and assuming someone's identity and, and what people identify as and, and why. Um, but that's, that'll be for another episode. Um, but I say that to say that I am black. I am proud of my blackness. Um, and... Yeah, you know, if if you if you if if you're gonna stick around for this podcast and and you want to know um, the things that make me tick and and what I'm about, it's it's always gonna include my blackness in, in whatever form or fashion that takes, whether it be culturally, whether it be musically, um, or or some other way altogether. Like my blackness is is a part of who I am, and so if you're gonna join me on this journey, if if you're gonna be um, down, as they say, like. You, you got to accept the fact that I'm black. And if you can't, that's fine. You can click off of the podcast, do what you will. Um, but my my duty in this life is to be 100% me. And, and 100% me is, is black me. And so um, that that's all I'm going to say about that. So um, the next fact that I have here, um, I literally wrote down, I'm down with the swirl. Um, that's a TikTok reference. It's... I don't even know, I don't even know her name, but there's a, there's a TikToker who made, like, this down with the swirl, like, rap type thing, um, and it's really cute, it is really cute, and so she, if I find it, I'll, maybe I'll, uh, shout her out in the next episode, if I find it to really, like, uh, send you guys that way to listen to it, but it's, uh, uh it's on TikTok, so, and, as of last night, I read that TikTok is probably going to be banned today, or the Cheeto said that he was going to ban TikTok starting today, or that he wanted to as early as today. Um, so we'll see how that goes. It may not even be around for, for me to show you guys later. Um, but yeah, so my boyfriend is white. <laughs> um, um, and as bad as this is going to sound. <laughs> uh, so right now, I'm going to call him my John Smith. Um, and for all you Disney folks out there, uh, that is the leading male character in the, in the Pocahontas movie, the first one, um, cause the second one was trash, but anyways, um, yeah, so, so he's my John Smith, and I say that because 
even as a child, like, I, I didn't, I knew, I knew that, like, liking, like, I knew that fictional characters were fictional, like, I knew that, but being able to see a character that embodies kind of just regular traits and qualities that you, that you want to see in a person, um, was always good, it was always a good thing for me, um, because I was very much um, an imaginative kid, um, I really liked to read, I liked to get, you know, lost in stories and the different worlds and, and that sort of thing, and so for me, fictional characters were kind of like, like an extension of like my regular, um, social life, y'all, I was really introverted as a kid, okay, I spent a lot of time by myself, um, on my mom's side, I am her only living child. Um, I did lose a brother when I was six. Uh, he was stillborn. So, like, I spent a lot of time as, uh, by myself. Um, I mean, I spent a lot of time with my cousins, too. But I, most of the, when I was at home, I was usually by myself. And so I spent that time getting lost in books and, and in, in my imagination. Um, and so I really kind of latched on to the idea of having fictional characters as, as friends, or, or really, um, get, really becoming attached to fictional characters, and so the movie Pocahontas was my first experience that I can recall where I saw an interracial couple, like, on television, um, in something that I was allowed to watch as, like, a child, being, you know, only, like, six or seven at the time, and it really, like, changed my, my worldview about what was possible for me um as as a little black kid and about what was possible for me like romantically um like it was just like it was like this small weird revelation that I didn't have to like be around people that that only looked like me um which for me was really telling because I am such a culturally minded person. I love to learn about other people's cultures and to kind of like immerse myself in a different way of, of thinking or a different way of life. And the, like one of my really good friends in high school, like she was Indian and like it got to a point where like I would go to her house and she would um, speak her language to her sister and to some degree, like I would know what she was saying. Like that's how much I was like, I enjoyed being a part of someone else's culture and learning about it. Um, to this day, I, I still want a sorry. Like, in high school, like, some kids did a bhangra, um, like, a bhangra dance for, like, our, our talent show. Bruh, saris are, like, the bomb. I so want one. I know they're really expensive, but, like, if I ever get the chance to wear one, I'm going to rock the shit out of it because they're so beautiful, like, they really are, um, like, other cultures just, they just do certain things so much better than, like, Western culture, and it's just, it's amazing to see, like, how people can fuse two cultures together, and, like, what can come out of that, um, so, so back to the John Smith thing, so my boyfriend's name actually is John, um, so that's why it's funny, at least to me, (laughs) but I don't know how he feels about it, I don't, I don't know that I've ever told him that <laughs> I've considered him my John Smith. Um, but, you know, here we are. 
So if he's listening to this, which I'm sure he he will or has, uh, I'm sure he'll he'll talk to me about that later in his spare time. Um, but it, you know, it's it's they'll be we'll do a whole episode with him at some point down the road. Um, it, it, it's it's interesting because like so I told him he was gonna be my producer for this um, because he's kind of into like digital media and that sort of thing as well, and. So, and he has equipment that I don't have. And so he was just like, I have all the equipment that you need to like do a podcast. And I'm like, yeah, you, you kind of do. Like, I didn't even think about that. Um, so he's my producer. Um, but we, we are a little bit of, a little bit of background. We are a long distance couple. And so I don't have access to his equipment right now. Um, but that is okay. Cause this is just like episode one. And so we've got a long way to go from here and, and, it's only going to get better. Um, at least I'm hoping, I'm hoping it will only, you know, be upward bound from here. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'll, I'll introduce him and, and have him on the podcast at, at a later date. Um, he's kind of camera shy, so it'll probably take me a while to, to warm him up to, to doing an episode with me anyway. Um, moving right along. So, um, I mentioned my profession earlier, so I am a licensed social worker. Uh, by the state of PA. Uh, I am originally from New Jersey. Um, I did not want my license in New Jersey, though, because I knew I wasn't planning to stay there after grad school. Um, but, like, PA is, like, my second home. I love PA. Um, I went to undergrad here. And shout out, like, Ming College. Go Warriors. Um, but, yeah, I, I went to college there. It's in a little town called Williamsport, PA. And if you're not from PA, you've never heard of it. Um, and the only way that people know it is because it's where the Little League World Series is held every year. And then people go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know where that is. It's like, uh-huh. And so that's where I went to undergrad. And I wanted to stay after undergrad, but I didn't have the money. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, I'll go home. And I got a job. And, you know, people always ask you, well, what are you going to do now that you've graduated? And it's like, I'm going back to PA as soon as I possibly can. And so I got a job, started saving money, and I was pl- I had a really, you know, good job. Um, I worked for, um, a, like, a local, it was considered, like, part of the local government, and so, like, I had a really good job. I made really good money for the situation that I was in at the time, and I was planning to stay there, and I started thinking about, you know, upward movement in the company. And there really wasn't a lot of upward movement to do unless I went back to school um, for a specific type of degree. And I didn't want to go back to school for that. So I was just like, okay, well, what's the next step? I can either go back to school or I can just move and try to make my bachelor's degree, you know, stick somewhere. And I was like, nah, I, I, I really do want to go back to school, which I, I did. Like, I always knew... Um, that I wanted to go ahead and, and get a master's degree. Um, I just was never sure in what. Um, and so what ended up happening was I found um, I found a couple of options. So my minor, my bachelor's degree is actually in uh, creative writing, and my minor is in psychology. And so I really became, had I had the time, I would have uh, double majored in psychology, but I didn't have the time um, to do that nor the money, frankly, but I was like, okay, well, let's see if I can, you know, can I go get my master's in psychology or counseling or something, and what ended up happening was it was kind of serendipitous because my aunt 
works on the campus that I actually went to grad school at. Um, I'm not going to mention the name. If you know me, you know where I went to grad school. Um, I'm not going to mention the name because it was really just a means to an end for me. It, it's not something I like to tote around. Um, like they served a purpose and, and it's done. I graduated and it's over. Um, I will still rep my my bachelor's alma mater until the day I die because that's that is where I, I really discovered myself. Um, and so that place is always going to have uh, a special sentiment to me and a special value as opposed to like where I chose to go to grad school. Um, but anyways, so my aunt worked at the campus that I went to grad school. And so she got me a meeting with the English chair there. And I went and spoke to the English chair. And from the English chair, the field of social work was suggested to me. Um, and so then she set me up with a meeting with one of the um, advisors, or I think they were like an admissions counselor there. And so I met with them. And, and again, that was serendipitous because the person I was supposed to meet with um, was supposedly on vacation, even though I had spoke with that person via email and we confirmed that I was like coming to have a meeting with them. But when I got to campus, they were just like, she's on vacation. And I was like, but she, I spoke to her yesterday and they were just like, well, hold on, let me check. And they like, they checked whatever they checked and she, st she still wasn't available, and so they ended up uh, sending me to someone else. They were like, well, hold on. Like, one of the admissions counselors is actually here today, and they might be able to help you. And so um, I was directed to someone who ended up being one of my professors, um, and, and she was amazing. I loved her. She was a really great professor. Um, and so, you know, I'm grateful for her for being available that day um, and, and even shout out to the the professor who wasn't there that I was supposed to originally meet because um, if she hadn't been there if there hadn't been that mix-up um, I probably wouldn't have uh, ended up applying for school there and, and getting the degree that I have now and so my degree is in social work um, I have a master of social work degree with a certification in violence against women and children um, which essentially all that means is that I, I have a certification in domestic violence. And currently, um, now that I am uh, two years into doing this, I have uh, my license, obviously, um, in social work. Uh, it's like a preliminary license. So in our field, we have two. Um, there's the LSW, and then there is the LCSW, which is the next level of license that I am working on. Um, and I also have a certified clinical trauma professional license, which I am very, very proud of. Um, and so, yeah, you know, that's, that's who I am. Um, as a professional, I am a social worker. And I know we get a lot of slack. No, I am not a CYS worker. Um, I do not take people's kids from them. Um, and let's just get that straight for one. Like, that's not all that CYS does. But, I mean, it is majority of what they do and what people see that they do. Um, and so if you've ever been a CYS worker, um, you know, stand, stand tall, stay strong, because I know it's, it's incredibly difficult. Um, before I even got into grad school, when I was still in Jersey, I interned for an organization that worked with CYS um, for certain cases for, like, foster care and adoption and, uh, like, kinship. Um, and let me tell you, the, the things that I saw from the, the CYS workers um, who worked there, like there was a lot of turnaround because um, there was a lot of burnout. 
because the way that their system is set up, as far as like how many cases they take on, it, it's not built for uh, it's not built for the average person. Like no one person can do everything that they have to do. Um, and so, so if you've ever worked for CYS, it is said that you can work anywhere, you can do anything, you are a superhero because working for CYS, you need to be a very specific type of person and, and you need to be able to handle like very hard days, um, you know, long hours, hard days, and, and it's a lot. So if, if, any, if any of you listening have worked for CYS, um, kudos to you. Like I couldn't do it. I, I know that wouldn't be for me. Um, and if any of you out there have ever had dealings with CYS, like just go a little, I know there are some workers who are just incompetent and, and they shouldn't be workers. Like, I know there are some bad ones out there, but like for the good ones who like actually work with you, like just cut them some slack, give them a break. Um, they're doing the best they can within the flawed system that they work within. Um, I myself, um, I, I work in an outpatient setting. Uh, which is considered like the lowest level of care as far as mental health goes um, because people come of their own free will. They're not mandated to come to get services at all. Um, and, and so far I've been liking it. You know, it's, it's, it's been okay. Um, it hasn't been the greatest, but it, it's been okay. Um, for now, it's, 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 uh, it, it's helping me do most of what I need to do right now. Uh, that's also another episode, but... <laughs> Um, it's, it's doing what it needs to do, uh, the, the best that it can right now. That, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, and so a lot of, uh, we're going to jump back to kind of the temptations thing. And so a lot of my, uh, a lot of my specific interest, um, have to do with dance or music. Um, and I, I would say that that's a cultural thing. Um, again, being black. Um, music is a very big part of black culture, and it is something that has been uh, kind of passed down through generations. I mean, if we're going to go all the way back to, like, uh, hymnals and, and slave songs and, and that sort of thing, um, it's, it's kind of always been there. It's, it's one, one could say it's in my blood um, to enjoy music and to um, kind of resonate with it a little bit, like, even if I'm not a musician or, you know, some formal type of um, creator with music, like I'm an enjoyer of it. I'm an entrepreneur of music. Um, I am a, a audiophile, so to speak. There is something transcendent about music for me um, and dance as well, more so dance um, and the connection that music can have with the movement of your own personal body um, and what that means. Um, and for me... I've been dancing since I was three, um, like formally, like studio trained since I was three. Um, I stopped when I was 16 because um, I just didn't feel like it was something that I was interested in anymore. I mean, it wasn't even something I was interested in to begin with. I started dancing because my mom put me in dance class to, quote unquote, keep me out of trouble. Uh, whatever that meant, I don't know, because I was definitely not the kid that was like going to parties and stuff. So like, I don't know why... I wasn't that kid with a bunch of friends either, so, like, I don't, I don't know what she was trying to keep me away from, but, um, that's, that's how my dance career got started, um, and by the time I was 10, I just, I hated it, because the studio that I was going to at the time was very formal, it was very technical in nature, and if you weren't, you know, on the fast track to be part of the dance company, 
or, you know, going to um, some sort of specialized, like, dance training. They kind of just, I mean, they didn't really toss me by the wayside, but it was kind of just, they didn't really put much stock into you if, if you weren't going to show promise or, or be as, you know, as technical that, as, as they wanted you to be. Um, and definitely as the years went on, um, they definitely laxed up a bit with that, which I was really grateful for, especially when they started the hip hop classes. Um, and, and I was like, first on board to jump on that. I was like, oh, dude, let's go. Like, they've got hip hop now. That's what I'm doing. Um, and I only did like the regular ballet training. Um, and like, as soon as I could stop taking ballet, I stopped because I was just like, that's not for me. Um, I did enjoy modern which is kind of similar to lyrical in a way, um, if you if you know the term lyrical rather than modern. But I, I did enjoy modern, and I did enjoy jazz still. Um, but ballet just, it wasn't my thing. Um, tap is probably my all-time favorite. If I had to rank them, it would probably be hip-hop, tap, and then, like, jazz and modern underneath that. Um, tap is one of those things where it's, it's a historical thing for me as well. And so it's also cultural because there are plenty of black tappers um, that have done various works uh, throughout the years and they're very well known. Um, and tap is one of those things where it's similar to like the hymnals and, and, and slave songs is that you can say things without saying things. Uh, and it's a way of expression that has always been um, incredibly um incredibly interesting to me. I, I love the fact that I can use my body as a, as a voice outlet, if that makes sense. I love that I can express myself without having to use words because words are really not my forte as far as speaking them, um, which I know interesting, right? Uh, f- fine, fine choice of a medium here for me to do a podcast if I don't like talking. Um, but I am good on paper. Um, my words on paper are definitely more expressive. And so like how they can converge is that I can write my thoughts down on paper and, and then properly convey those words verbally. Um, so yeah, which leads into the next thing, which is, you know, I am a writer, um, by trade. Like I said, my bachelor's degree is in creative writing. Um, although I did the fiction track, um, in, undergrad, uh, I took a poetry class my senior year, and it damn near changed my life. So, and and I would say I connect more now with poetry um, than I do with fiction, which is funny. Um, It's not really funny, because if anybody knew the writing professor that I had at WICO, you would understand why that makes sense. Um, He was not a people person. We'll just leave it at that. Um, Great, great writing mentor, great writing professional, but horrible human being. Um, in my opinion, um, and that's solely based on my experience with him, like, everyone else may have a different view, but that's based on my experience with him, um, and to kind of close that out, like, I, like I said before, I was always a kid who liked books, and reading, and being, um, a part of a world, or, or making characters, and that sort of thing, and, you know, all that writing has taught me is, is just that words have power, and, and that, is the truest statement in my life ever is that words have power whether they're on the page whether they're being spoken verbally um, or whether it's some unspoken thing like words have power Um, and just a reminder for for all you listeners out there silence is a response so i'm just going to plug that um 
so yeah and so I know I didn't I don't I, I know I didn't really talk too much about like how the podcast itself came to be about which I'm I am going to do in the next episode because it's that's all related and I will say though that the podcast the idea for the podcast came about from a conversation that I had with my cousin on Facebook about how Spongebob is openly gay now and pretty much what the conversation came down to was just how we process information and how we how we intake new information um, if it's about something that we've already had previous knowledge of um, and so if you want to hear more about that like I want to talk about that in the next episode um, and so kind of just to like close everything out here for this first episode like again thank you guys for joining me on this journey um, it's definitely going to be something that I am going to have to push myself with and, and kind of come out of my comfort zone a little bit. Um, but I'm looking forward to doing that and I'm looking forward to doing that with you guys and, and having an audience to really kind of feed, um, feed energy off of. And so just a little bit about the rest of the season. Um, I kind of have it a little planned out already, um, like loosely, but like you know, feel free to send in topics, anything you guys want me to talk about, like, definitely, um, go ahead and, like, send that, send that in to me somehow, um, but, like, we're going to be talking about, like, kind of all, like, your basic things, like, relationships, um, adulting for, for all my fellow millennials out there, um, maybe some life hacks, some skills that people may not have known about, um, some societal things that have been going on, because clearly the state of affairs in our world right now is just off the heezy, um, yes, I know, I just said off the heezy, sue me, um, but it's true, I mean, I mean, the world has literally flipped upside down at this point, and we are all just trying to get from day to day without having any, any setbacks, um, and so if you guys are still working, if any of you are still working, like, stay strong, wash your hands, um, hand sanitizer is not soap, people, it's not soap, okay, just remember that, um, wash your hands, um, you should be doing that anyway, but wash your hands, um, and wear your mask, people, um, there, there's too many people out here making masks, like, for you not to have one if you don't have one, get someone to make you one, make your own, there's plenty of YouTube videos, um, on how to do it, like, if you don't have, like, if you don't sew or anything, like, you can cut up an old t-shirt or, or whatever, like, get a mask, wear it, protect yourself, protect others, um, and, you know, stay strong, and stay safe, and stay healthy, um, and I will catch you guys at the next episode, and, and thanks for listening.